My brothers and sisters in the Lord, some time back I came across a billboard while I was driving and it said something to this effect. God so loved the world that he didn't send a committee. And certainly my brothers and sisters, we know that committees have their place and certainly they can be effective, but we also know that while a committee can be effective, the reason why it is effective is only because the individuals on the committee have to have passion and energy for the goal to be accomplished. If the individuals don't have passion and en energy, then the committee is, no, is not going to be able to accomplish its end. It's like a business professor that I had in one of my intro classes in college. He said, if you want something to die, form a committee. You see, my brothers and sisters, in our life of faith, we are called to be those individuals who have that transforming passion in order to reach our end. And the end for the walk of the disciple, of course, is the glory of the kingdom, eternal and everlasting life. And we've seen individuals, even in our own time, who have been canonized, who had that kind of transforming passion. Individuals like Pope St. John Paul II, or St. Teresa of Calcutta. And certainly, my brothers and sisters, the greatest example of that par excellence is Jesus himself. As we hear those very important and often quoted words from the gospel today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. You see, my brothers and sisters, those are the words that are spoken by Jesus. The transforming passion that none of us may be lost but that those who believe in him and follow the example of the Lord and follow the precepts of the Lord and the law of the Lord may share eternal and everlasting life. Oftentimes you see this verse in many different circumstances. When I was watching the Winter Olympics and they were scanning through the spectators, there was a poster a guy was holding. And on this bright poster, neon color, were the words John 3.16. Because that is the verse, John 3.16. And it's the verse, my brothers and sisters, that is a great summary of our faith, of what we believe. And we have to understand that this summary takes place, my friends, in a conversation that Jesus is having with Nicodemus. Remember, Nicodemus is a Pharisee. And this occurs very on and very early on in St. John's Gospel. And so Nicodemus, as a Pharisee, comes to Jesus in the cover of night, in the darkness, to have this dialogue, this conversation with the Lord. And Nicodemus is trying to wrap his mind around who Jesus is. Who is this one who they call the Messiah, the Christ? And oftentimes, my brothers and sisters, we have those same questions as we try to wrap our minds around the greatness and the glory 
of our God. But in order to truly understand this verse, we have to understand what does it really mean when Jesus says, God so loved the world. Because love is a word that is thrown out all over the place these days. It's used so commonly and constantly, oftentimes we fail to recognize the real meaning. Because in the English language, we only have one word for love. But in the Greek language, there were three different words for love. Were three different degrees or three different aspects or the hierarchy of love. There was eros, which was erotic love or romantic love. There was philia, which I like to refer to as fellowship love. So for example, if you were with individuals who enjoyed the same sporting team or event and you form a fan club or something like that, there was a fellowship love among the group. But the highest form of love was a word that was used called agape. And agape meant sacrificial love, the willing to sacrifice oneself, to give of oneself for someone else. And so when Jesus says, God so loved the world, the word that is used there is agape, sacrificial love, that he gave his only son. So whoever believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal, everlasting life. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, with eros, or erotic love, we long to receive. With philia, we long to share. But with agape, we long to give. And to give everything. That's how God gives, my brothers and sisters. He gave his only begotten son who died on that cross for your salvation and mine. And we are called, my brothers and sisters, to do the same. When Jesus says, as he responds to that question, what are the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The love that Jesus is speaking about is agape, sacrificial love. Do we live that out? Do we respond to that? And do we really understand what Jesus is saying and how profound it is in that beautiful statement? There's a little story about a woman, a very saintly woman, who asked God to be able to see heaven and hell. And God granted her the request. So he sent down an angel. And the angel first took her down to hell. And when she arrived in hell, she saw all these people seated around a large banquet table. And all this delicious food was on the table. And she was kind of surprised that this was hell. But then she noticed that all these people were very sad and very grumpy and full of despair. And she asked one of the men around the table, why were they so sad with all this wonderful food to eat? And the man said, well, look at my hand. And on his hand, there was attached a fork. But the fork was four feet long. So he said, every time we try to grab some food and feed ourselves, we can't reach our mouth. The food goes on the floor. So we're never able to eat. 
because we can't remove the fork from our hand. And so after that experience, the angel took the woman to heaven. And when she got to heaven, she saw a very similar scene, a large banquet table filled with all sorts of delicious food. And here all the people were happy and joyful and laughing. And she looked at one of the individual's hands. And on his hand as well, there was a fork attached to it that was four feet long. So she was wondering, how could all these people be happy in heaven? In hell, they couldn't even feed themselves. And so she asked the man, how is this possible? He said, oh my dear, in heaven, we learn to feed one another. That is agape. That is sacrificial love, willing to give everything for the sake of the beloved. And that's the call of God in our life as we live it out. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, God desires for us to be transformed. He has that passion for us to be transformed into disciples of the kingdom. I don't know if you've ever seen a piece of gold ore, but if you've ever seen gold ore, I've seen it once or twice. A friend of mine is a geologist. And the first time he showed it to me, and he said, do you know what this is? I said, it looks like it's just a darn old rock. Doesn't mean anything to me. I could just throw it out. He said, well, this is gold ore. I had no idea what it was. But as you well know, gold ore that goes through the proper process extracts the gold. The beautiful gold that we use for many different things, the chalices that we use to celebrate the Holy Eucharist. But it takes a process for that gold ore to be transformed. My brothers and sisters, God loves us so much that he wants us to be transformed. Did you hear in our second reading, when St. Paul speaks to the church in Ephesus, do you hear when St. Paul said, you and I are God's handiwork? Have you ever thought of yourself as God's handiwork? We are God's handiwork, but as God's handiwork, my friends, we are in the constant need of being transformed, just like that gold ore, to be something beautiful and wonderful and glorious for the sake of the kingdom. Why is that? Well, I'm going to be very honest with you, my brothers and sisters. The reason for that is because everyone in this church this morning, all of you have a few screws loose. You do. I do too. We all have a few screws loose. We all have some hinges in our life that squeak. We all have some rough edges. We all have some wood rot, our sinfulness, that needs to be uprooted and be healed by the glory of God so that we can become all that God desires us to be. God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that we may not perish, my friends, but have eternal and everlasting life. We're in that constant need of being transformed. And that is why, my brothers and sisters, when we don't take in this entire reality in its fullness, it's why we have so many miserable people Because we don't understand it. We don't appreciate it. And we don't glory in it. Even with all our loose screws, 
that need to be fixed, and squeaky hinges and wood rot that needs to be forgiven. You know, modern psychology today and all those self-help books say, you know, you want to feel better about yourself and your self-esteem. They use a sort of a notion of close your eyes and pick up, picture yourself, the perfect image of yourself in your mind. I want to use that example, but I don't want you to picture the perfect image of yourself. I want you to picture Jesus and your mom as the good shepherd. And I want you to picture Jesus holding a sheep. And you and I, my friends, we're the sheep that Jesus is holding. That's how much God loves us. That he's willing to die for you and for me. And our call is to go forward with all of our defects and our faults and our weaknesses in order to be able to love others. Not for our own need, for our own good, but to love others and to love God for the sake of the kingdom and to lead all souls to heaven. On this Sunday, Latare Sunday, that is the Latin word for rejoice. We rejoice even in this penitential time. We rejoice because we do have a Savior. We rejoice, my brothers and sisters, because death does not have the last say. We rejoice, my friends, because whatever our weaknesses are, or our sinfulness is, whatever it is, God is willing to forgive and God calls us to forgiveness. But we have to see. The invitation goes out, but we have to respond. My brothers and sisters, do we truly rejoice in the fact that God so loved the world that he sent his son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal?